One day closer, folks, to the opener at Kinnick Stadium against Utah State. And we are counting down with all of you right here at the Voice of College Football, Hawkeyes Live for a 105th edition. We're getting deeper and deeper into August. Of course, uh, the place to be on a regular basis every day is over with uh, Corey Breda at, uh, from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Get on over there. Check out uh, Corey's latest on Iowa football. Hey, Corey, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mark. So you're counting down the days to Iowa-Utah State? just want to clarify that. Oh, to the exact kickoff. Much like I was counting down to the South Dakota State game <laughs> at this point last year. Well, the, your, your, your uh, patience paid off. <laughs> once oh, you got uh, absolutely it did. <laughs> absolutely it did. We, we, could, we could add to that countdown to kickoff a countdown to Iowa's first touchdown, which of course would have been delayed by a week last year. Um, yeah, so. almost more than a week. Almost, almost oh, a couple right. weeks because Iowa barely, narrowly scored a touchdown week two and it was off of a 20-yard field. <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, yeah, That's... so lots of lots of cool stuff to talk about. I, I, uh, I, I did find it interesting that I was not releasing their typical media photo galleries hmm. that they do uh, during camp. Usually they have like a photo gallery every day. So I don't know if they don't have a photo. They have a photographer out there because they keep posting to social media, but they're not posting these large galleries. I don't know if it's because they don't want that to become a, a discussion topic. And by the way, I'm fine with that. I thought it was all always kind of stupid. You kind of had to do it. You kind of had to follow the photos each day to because that's just what else is there to talk about when there's not you know leaks coming from from fall camp. But I have noticed a couple of social media posts, and I I sarcastically posted something here. Maybe a couple hours ago, Mark. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a, a brief clip of the Iowa offense. And basically, it was a clip of Caleb Brown lining up. And it looked to me, I mean, he's lining up with Deacon Hill at quarterback and a bunch of other guys that it, you know, are not starters. And so I, I tweeted out, oh, my goodness, Caleb Brown lining up with the threes. Everyone panic. And so, of course, you know, certain people who take themselves way too seriously. Don't be that guy. It's his first week of practice. No need to stir the pot. It's been only a week. He has three more versus the, the threes to work his way up. Uh, it's early. He just started practicing. His, he'll work his way up. I was kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't, there is no reason to be reading into one clip where uh, Caleb Brown is on the field with Deacon Hill at quarterback. I mean, just calm down. Okay? <laughs> Believe me, I'm not reading into that at all. So anyways, but what else do we have to talk about at this point? I guess we could talk about the coaches poll that came out. Iowa was snubbed on that. Um, and what are we, 25, 26 days from kickoff? Iowa was snubbed? Well, they're not in the top 25. Well, snubbed. I saw that a lot of other people not named Corey Brada use that term snubbed okay. over the past week. So they're number 26, folks, in the coaches' poll. I don't have the poll in front of me to know how many votes they received. So you want me to pull that up? Well, I just, I, it was only a few minutes ago that I looked at it just to confirm where they were placed. And so there were a substantial number of writers, of, of, or not writers, coaches that did place them in the top 25, obviously. Um, so, they were 30 votes out of 25th place. So Texas A&M had 196 votes. 
Iowa had 169 votes. And then you look at, it's interesting, there was a clear top 26 if you're looking at the the coaches' points because then it, it's a plummeted drop to South Carolina at 27 with 89 votes. Hmm. So Iowa had nearly double the amount of votes that South Carolina got. But here's the deal. You know, well, I saw people, and, and this is the way it is, and I, I used to be this way to an extent, I guess. But as an average fan, you you look at that and you're kind of irritated mildly. Ah, we're not being respected. I I couldn't have been happier when I saw that. Like I saw CBS Sports had Iowa in the top 25, I think on three or whatever. They, a couple of those early rankings that don't really matter, not that this one really does, but they didn't have Iowa in the top 25. This one matters more than those. Like this is one that you're going to see coaches poll and the AP poll. Those are the ones early in the season that people kind of pay attention to. Frankly, I don't want Iowa ranked. Why, why? Why? What does it do? What does it do for Iowa to be Nothing. have a little twenty-five next to the name when they're on uh, Big Ten Network Week One? What does it do? Uh, all it does is it. It shouldn't, but it all it does is it potentially creates a bigger target on the back of Iowa as a whole, because you know, a team like Utah State or whoever Iowa's facing knows they have an opportunity to take down a top 25 team. Now, chances are, Mark, if Iowa dominates Utah State week one, <laughs> they'll probably be ranked week two. That's just kind of how these things work. Somebody's probably going to lose, and Iowa will take their place. You and I both know that the rankings are not made coherently and not made effectively based on criteria, I think, effective criteria. Um, but I couldn't care less that they weren't ranked. In fact, I was happy that they weren't. I just don't see any reason why that does them any good. And I say that every year. Especially since we went to a college football playoff, the rankings really don't matter at all now. They, well, they, they never matter. But they never matter. Well, I shouldn't say they never matter preseason. Unfortunately, they have mattered preseason. And we can talk about why that is. But, you know, like Kirk Ferentz has professed over and over and over again, who cares what somebody's guessing preseason? And that's one of the issues we have with the way these rankings are made up. And that's why the college football playoff system, you're got to be glad that those rankings don't come out till much later in the year. But what's the point of these preseason polls other than hype? They don't do anything except set a standard and a precedent and a bar that a team either meets or does not meet. And as we've stated before, like who does, uh, let's give an example. Who does Michigan play week one? East Carolina. Okay. Okay, East Carolina. So if they play, if they lose to East Carolina. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to play them in Ann Arbor, correct? Yes. If they lose to East Carolina, will Michigan be ranked week two? Since they started at number two in the country, yes. Oh, they will that, be. There's the truth. Since, since they, started, they started at number two, yes. So even though they would have one of the worst resumes in all of college football after week one, they'd still be ranked. You see how absurd that is? This it is, is absurd. Stupid, stupid setup. If they started ranked 17th, they would drop out. But since they're starting number two, they would drop. They would they would be a healthy drop. They would drop to 15, 16, something like that. It is so stupid. Yeah, that it is stupid. Part, part of a team's resume is where they were ranked the week prior. <laughs> Especially when you're, the week prior was based on guessing. That's what's so stupid about yeah. it. But anyways, so I would rather Iowa not be ranked. There's no reason for them to be ranked. Uh, I guess at some point they're going to be ranked if you're going to achieve great things. But why Why do you care preseason? 
we, I think, know based on the schedule and based on the conference they play in, if Iowa goes 10 and 2, 11 and 1, they're going to have a shot during championship week to be in the conversation. To, for and I'm talking about top four berths. I'm not saying they're going to be 11 and 1, 10 and 2, but if they are, mm-hmm. they'll be in the conversation. And you may say, well, Corey, how could they be in the conversation at 10 and 2? If they beat Ohio State or Michigan in the championship game, they're 11 and 2 conference champions. They're in the conversation. Maybe they're not in, but they're in the conversation. Yes. Just to further your point, let's all consider this that if you and I just selected teams that we believe are good, much like the the coaches have here, and we selected these teams and we placed them in the top 25, we would think that we could get, um, I don't know, 17 or 18 of the 25. We could, we could guess that many. Do you know how many teams from last season's preseason top 25 did not finish ranked? Probably at least three or four. 13. Wow. More than half of the, you could throw darts and do as well. So more than half, this, this just extends on your point that it's even more invalid than many people believe. Now the typical number is in the eight to nine range. Okay. About eight to nine teams typically will not finish in the top 25 that were preseason top 25. And obviously then there are eight or nine teams that were not ranked that will finish ranked. Also, to extend on your point and give it more validity, I've actually talked to people who vote in these in these polls, uh, let's say Associated Press voters, and there should be at least a common approach, you would think. Like, this is what we are voting on. This is what, but some of them will tell you, especially in the preseason poll, that they're looking at team schedules. And they're looking at the schedule and determining you may not be a top 25 team, but your schedule is really easy. So you'll probably finish in the top 25. It's they're making a prediction. What a beautiful criteria set of criteria. There, yeah. Mark. How they're making a prediction or you've got a really tough schedule. I think you're one of the top five teams in the country, but man, your schedule is brutal. So you'll finish about 13. So they're making predictions. That's one way. The other way is what I think is the more valid. And anytime I've ever done a preseason top 25, this has been my approach. I simply believe these are the 25 best teams in the country in order without any thought process to who they play because that will (laughs) be its own determinant when we get there. So Iowa should have been 2015. They should have been a preseason like top five team because they had a week's week schedule. And they ended up going twelve and zero. That is again just, uh, just unbelievably dumb. Yes, <laughs> but that's how this works. And so, are you doing a top twenty-five, a preseason top twenty-five? People will watch it. I probably should. I I don't really want to. It can't be one that you know what I tell you what I enjoy the top twenty-five once they start playing. Now I enjoy producing that video. But I think you, if you're going to make a preseason top 25, it has to be a top 25 that actually makes sense. And the only way for it to make sense is to look at data like returning production, recruiting data, mm-hmm. all of that. That's the only way to make it make sense. I mean, I have no problem with you just saying based off 
who you think not even looking up extra data okay who, these are the top 25 teams but for it to actually make sense like you do throughout the season you'd have to look at data that's the thing about you you brought up these media people i i just the, the very concept of these polls makes no sense to me because you and i both know they're not watching all these games they're not you think chad lystico the des moines register who's a voter is watching you know tcu kansas state during iowa and indiana i mean you can't expect anybody to do that and the coaches believe me those coaches are not watching they're not well they're probably watching even less than the media they're watching they're they're barely watching their own conference members because they're so honed in on their own games i became more and more aware of this when i was a sports director at a cbs station in mississippi and I was locked in on Alabama, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Well, having the background that I do and being of the mindset that I am, I'm a, at that point, sports junkie. I'll say college football junkie that I was doing everything I could, DVRing games all over the place to watch everyone. So I was more of a, and I was not entrenched in the culture in the SEC to be that narrow-minded. But these people, they have a job to do, to your point. They have a job to do. And for example, here was a typical Saturday of covering, let's say I was going to the Alabama LSU game. They were playing at 2.30, let's say central time, playing at 2.30 local time. Got to get there like an hour and a half before the game, one o'clock. Got to leave, got to gear up, go to the station, da, da, da. So you're missing every game that kicks off for you, central time, 11 a.m. You're not seeing any of those games. You go to this Alabama LSU game. They kick off at 2.30. Game's over at 6, 6.15. You go to the locker room for interviews. You go to the press, the post game. You, you know, you're not getting out of there until 7.30. You're driving an hour, hour and a half. You're getting back. You're editing. You're getting prepared for the 10 o'clock news. All Your entire day has been consumed with Alabama and LSU. You've seen, heard nothing else. One of the many reasons why when people have asked me, Mark, did you ever aspire to be part of the Iowa media? No, I have no interest. I don't. What you know, I enjoy college football, Mark. And I said to you, I've said to you several times since last year. Uh, I watched less college football last year just with this show than I ever have, and I didn't like that. I'm not saying I'm going to pull back on content, but yeah, I mean, you, the the idea that you can be a million places at one time is absurd. Now. Before we move on from the coaches' poll, Mark, I do want to ask you a little trivia question. I want to see what your your talent level. I know you know your Power Five football really well, but we don't talk Group of Five or FCS football enough. We're not going to touch on FCS, but I want to ask you: Can you name how, or I should say, how many of the teams in the Group of Five can you name that received votes in the preseason coaches' poll? There's only one, and actually in the top twenty-five, you know who that is? Tulane. Okay, good job. They're they're at twenty-three. And they're coming off a, a obviously a bowl victory against USC. But do you remember any of the other teams, or do you know any? Can you well, guess? Any I, of the I've teams not looked at it, so these would be my guesses. And and we're talking probably about another twenty teams close to it that received votes. I would think Texas San Antonio received votes. That's the next highest. Oh, okay. in fact, they're in the top thirty. I would guess that. Uh, all the all the usual suspects from the, um, of course, from the American Conference moved on to the Big 12. Uh, I would think Boise State did. Boise State did. 
I would think you you skipped one, right? You're going in order. You skipped one that received more votes than Boise. Okay, I would think that that would probably be Fresno State. I'm sorry, you skipped two that that uh, over okay. for Boise. So Fresno did receive votes, and there's one other team that received more votes than Fresno. They received 25 votes. I'm guessing, maybe not. I, I'm not going to try to get them in order. I'm just tr- going to try to pick them off. Uh, okay. I bet James Madison received maybe a vote or one vote. One okay. vote. All right. I still <laughs> haven't job. missed yet. How many more teams do I have to get? Uh, let's see. One, uh, two, three, four, five, uh, six. Six more. Six more. I think I've named four. Uh, App State. No, App State is not on the mm, list. Shoot, I missed. I knew that I was going out on a limb there. Uh, SMU. SMU is on there, received eight votes. I can't imagine anyone in the MAC would receive votes. Um, back to the Mountain West, I would. There go is a with, team in the MAC, by the way. Really? Somebody believes a MAC team is going to finish in the top twenty-five, or they're one of the twenty-five best teams in the country. I have. I, I guess it would be Toledo. Five votes for Toledo. Okay. Uh, and again, I'm going to the Mountain West. Uh, I would think. Did Air Force get votes? Good job. Six okay. votes for Air Force. Well, you're actually better at this than I would have expected. So you've only had one miss so far. Yeah, shoot, App State. Um, how, how many more do I have? To, maybe two, three? There's a team from the American that received one vote. Well, um, who would be left? Um, the teams that I'm thinking of, I, I don't believe that they would have received a vote. Who am I missing? Um, Memphis. Memphis, good. Received one vote, and the only team. Let me see who we missed here. So you're, there's two teams left on here, and as much as much confidence as I have in you, I don't think you're going to get either one of these. No. Al- although one of the teams received eight votes, and the other received twenty five votes. Twenty five. Yeah. Um, San Diego State. No, actually, San Diego State is not on this list. I don't believe. Yeah, this is a, be, these hmm. are two tough ones, actually. Well, especially the one is tough. Coastal Carolina. No, but they're they're I, I I associate these two teams with Coastal because they're both they're both teams that Liberty. You're getting closer. <laughs> I'm sure the viewers are loving this, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You give up? Yeah, I could just start naming every team in the country. So South Alabama got eight votes. Okay, really? And the team that got 25 votes was Troy. Oh, okay. That surprises me. So well, you're it doesn't gonna surprise to... me. I've not studied the group of five. I need to do what? I think you ought to do a season preview for Troy. I've never like I that's when I see that name on there that's the one like I know they've had did they win 11 games last year? Uh I believe 2 years ago. So Troy, okay. they might have last year. 
they, of course, was co- they were coached by Billy Napier, who got the Florida job because he was so successful there. They beat LSU a few years ago. So, and so, who's their head coach now? Do you know? I would know a name if I saw it, but I can't come up with it right this second. So, obviously, as you alluded to earlier, Houston, BYU, both those teams are part of the Big Twelve now. Um, and yeah, UCF, but UCF is. Um, you know what? I don't. Uh, where is UCF no, here? No votes. No hmm. votes. Really? Okay. No. No votes for UCF. So, you know what though. I bet if UCF was still playing in the American Conference, they would have votes because of the stupid criteria that because these they people are thinking. Oh, well, they're going to have a better record. So, <laughs> <laughs> again, dumb, <laughs> dumb. It is dumb. Uh, Which makes me want to bring up, but again, before yeah. we move on, this relates to big. I want to you want to talk about expansion a little bit, conference realignment. Uh, we can cover that briefly if you want. I know that's been kind of the talk of the nation here, college football nation. But Darrell MVP called into my show the day that the Washington Oregon news broke and he had an interesting take on bowl games. And I actually disagreed with him, but I want to get your, your opinion on it. He believes that this, this realignment and conference expansion, right? Big 10 and sec expansion is reason for college football to drop the six win requirement for bowl entry. And here's what I said to that. I said, I, I, who cares? Why does it matter? If his point is, well, you have a four and eight team from the Big Ten, that's no question, you know, unquestionably going to be better than a six and six team from the MAC. That's might might be true, but who cares? (laughs) Okay, a couple things. If a team is four and eight from the Big Ten or four and eight from the SEC and they miss out at a bowl game, boo hoo. They're going to be taking a big old check home because they're part of the Big Ten or the SEC, whereas. Toledo or whoever six and six come out of the Mac, they need that a little bit extra revenue from the bowl game. And again, who who really cares? What what good does it do a, a four and eight Big Ten team to get into a six and six or to get into a Little Caesars American Standard Bowl over a six and six Toledo or Miami Ohio? It, 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 I just do you have any opinions on that? I love bowl games. That's I'm one of the few people that still love the bowl games, yeah, even the small too. bowl games. But Mark. I'm going to be just as excited to watch Toledo versus San Jose State as I would be to watch a four and eight Nebraska versus a five and eight Ole Miss. Like I, I'd almost rather watch a couple of teams that I haven't been watching all year. Um, I would agree with all of that. So I'm I'm in a similar boat where I am so locked in on the Power Five that uh, the week zero. I will watch some football teams that I will not watch the rest of the year because I will not have that opportunity. Uh, I think there's a primetime game on ESPN, Week Zero, New Mexico State and UMass. It's a it's the Saturday night game. I would have Herb Street and Fowler call the game if I was ESPN. <laughs> I would. I'd say New Mexico first, State and UMass. Their first Saturday night game on ESPN. That's yes. on ESPN. Yes, it's a week zero game. Oh, There's nobody else playing. Why couldn't C-SPAN have voted to get that one? That is insane. How could you put that on primetime? I wouldn't put that on primetime in the middle of July. What is ESPN showing the Saturday prior to the season starting? I have no idea. So there's no other week zero games that were better options for primetime? 
Then for New them, Mexico no State, other options. Notre Dame and Navy are playing, but they'll be playing on probably on. CBS. And Fox has the, what's the other? No, actually they don't. Anyway, USC is playing San Jose State, but that's on, I think, the Pac-12 network. Anyway. That's a great game. I brought that up to say during week zero, I typically catch a couple teams that I know that I'm never going to watch the rest of the year until bowl play. If they possibly make a bowl, I do enjoy just that one snapshot of all these max schools, conference USA schools that I get to see play. You know what, what it is for me, Mark, this is how I view college. And you're different because you're, you're taking it from a national perspective, but as an Iowa guy, there's something special. I've explained to you. This is the best time of year because in August you haven't lost yet. And there's just something special about hype and, you know, fans being able to dream of a 12 and 0 record or 11 and 1 record or whatever and a, and a championship. But once those, like if you lose, say Iowa starts a season off four and two, five and two, they're basically out of the playoff hunt. Now, I guess if you run the table, we just said 10 and two, 11 and two might get you in the conversation. But you can, with college football, the, with only being 12 regular season games, you can play yourself out of the national conversation so quickly. And so as an Iowa fan who wants to be in that national conversation, as the year goes on, my mindset of watching Iowa football, watching college football changes. And by the time we get to a bowl game and Iowa's fate's decided, and more often than not, they're not playing for you know, a Rose Bowl or a national title, certainly. And so they're in a, another bowl game with everyone else. I'm like you. I enjoy sitting back and watching what was it last year? Memphis. Who did Memphis play in the bowl game? Memphis and was it Utah State or uh, no? I think it was Buffalo. I think it was Memphis and Buffalo. Okay. Why I remember that? Don't ask. I don't know. But the bottom line is, I enjoy watching those games and I'm following yeah. them, and I make my picks and it's it's I enjoy that. It's kind of like watching March Madness to me. I still remember to a certain extent. Um, why I remember this, I don't know. The, a week zero game from about 2018 was. Oregon State and Colorado State. And it was like 48 to 31. And it was just an entertaining game. Two bad teams. Oregon State was not a good team then. Awful teams. Knew I would never see them again. It was still just fun to watch an opening weekend of football. So, Mark, John wants me to ask you about a caller you had yesterday named, dude's name was Chris. Well, I, I am responsible for posting that uh, that comment there, and I that was that call was much like many calls from our friend Chris, where <laughs> after three or four minutes, my brain was so entangled that I had no idea what we were talking about. This was yesterday. Yes. Does anybody? I mean, I want to get the response in the chat. Does anybody else? enjoy hearing about these things like i know you say well i'm gonna lose viewership if i have these types of ridiculous calls on i enjoy watching the ridiculous calls sometimes i mean we can only break things down so much i i wish we could have a timestamp on when that call came in because i'd and watch it and well that and that's as you well know when you get those kind of calls that's the response in the chat half say hang up hang up hang up and the other half are howling and having a great time and love it what, can I ask a question? Why this is regarding production of your show and managing your show, and you and I are both one-man crews as it relates to post-game and live stream coverage, and I don't think people realize how much is involved with that, but I'm just curious, why do you think people think 
that they need to tell us to hang up on people. I've never understood that. Like I, I'm pretty sure like I can understand. I can make. I'm capable of making a decision on when to hang up on someone. And if I don't want to hang up on them, I'm not going to hang up on them. Why do I need 18 people in the chat? Oh my god! Why guys? You have the same thing happen to you. Why? Why? Why does this occur? Because those people have a voice, so they're exercising their <laughs> right to all right show their discontent. Okay. There was, uh, and we'll get back to Iowa after I make this one comment talking about commenters and well, this particular person was not a caller, but I can understand his emotional state at the time. This is at the brink of the, the PAC conference disintegrating into nothing. And this was a Washington state fan. I simply stated that Washington state series with Washington may cease to exist. I said, don't my, my exact words were don't be surprised if that series ceases to, to exist, this guy just went on a rampage in the chat and then he left comments once the video posted that that I should apologize for making that statement. I'm dead wrong. And again, people don't listen to the context and the 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 word for word response. And it was don't be surprised. I was making no predictions. I was just saying, don't be surprised. We have seen countless college football rivalries be thrown to the wayside due to conference realignment. And it does sound like that. Uh, by the way, thank you, John, for giving me the timestamp. Uh, it really? does sound like, well, that's what he says. Mid-conversation was 144. Okay. That's, I'm assuming that's an hour 44. That's not one minute and 44 seconds. No. Uh, so, but no, uh, what, the reason I bring it up, it didn't, didn't we hear a report from, was it Washington that said that they want to maintain that rivalry in the non-conference? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Somebody said that. Did they? Yeah. Somebody said that. So and maybe so you need if, to. And if that in fact happens, I won't be wrong because I just said, don't be surprised. All right. Getting back to Iowa and the big 10 Western division. And, and I don't even really remember that. Uh, conversation yesterday with Chris being that memorable or that entertaining. So I wouldn't waste my time. <laughs> there, there are other things that, that you could watch folks on my channel that I hope is, is more insightful and entertaining. All right, Corey, I'm going to take you through the big 10 Western division and I'm going to read you a statement and you can just respond. So uh, I've posted these videos a couple times and basically the, the phrase that we're playing off of a, off of is is this the year that fill in the blank okay. let's start at the very bottom with northwestern is this the year that northwestern posts three consecutive losing seasons this has not happened since 2001 two and three absolutely yes and the last time that northwestern won a big 10 championship a share of one was in 2000. Is this the year? Obviously not based on your first response. Is this the year that Northwestern wins its first big 10 championship since the year 2000? Can I assume that these questions will get tougher? And can I also assume that when I answer a question, you'll tell me if you disagree. And if you don't respond, I'm just going to assume you agree with me. Yes. Okay. And it would be Northwestern's first outright big 10 title since 1995. Okay. On to Purdue. Is this the year that Purdue posts three consecutive winning seasons since 2002, 3, and 4? 
No. Okay. Which makes the other, uh, the other null and void. Do you want? What's, do you what's realize, the other one? Well, I, I'm going in both directions: the positive and the negative. So, for the positive, Purdue would be winning its first uh, Big Ten championship since the year 2000. I, I just don't know where the wins are going. Like, I, I'm not saying that 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 won't be a competitive team, but yeah, to think of them going seven and five or seven and six it's just hard hard to you're talking about regular season only they go six and six and win a bowl game does that count as a winning season yes they have not had a winning season okay the entire season so yeah, seven my, and six would get it done my guess is they're a five and five and seventeen do you know when the last time purdue won an outright big ten championship 1929 All right, on to Illinois. Illinois, of course, won eight games last season. Could Illinois win back-to-back, post-back-to-back, eight-win seasons for the first time since 1989 and 90? That's a a tough one. That's Um, how bad their program's been. Back-to-back, eight-win seasons, if we're including the bowl game, I'm going to say yes. I think they can go go seven and five in the regular season, win a bowl game, sure. That's how bad Illinois has been. How long has it been? 1990. Eight wins. Yeah. And there were some good teams back in the 80s. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Really good Illinois good. teams. Right around that time when they reached their peak and then fell off the wagon. Yeah, I think they'll win eight games. They'll be right, right close. I don't know what the over-under on them is, but my guess is it's seven and a half, seven, somewhere in there. Yeah. Illinois last won a Big Ten championship in 2001. I remember it well. Okay, Nebraska. Uh, could this be the year that Nebraska posts a winning season for the first time since 2016? No. Six consecutive losing seasons. <laughs> no. Wow. So you've agreed with me on every one so far? Uh, winning season. I think that they're probably going to go six and six. And have a shot at a winning season in the yeah. game. I'll say I'll say no because I think there's a better chance of them going five and seven than them going six and six and winning a bowl game together. Do you realize what team has the longest speaking of bowl games, the longest postseason drought in in the Power Five? Nebraska. How many years? Since 2016. Okay, so they've so missed six, six consecutive bowl yeah. games. Rutgers has been to a bowl game since Nebraska has been to now, a bowl game. Now, in, in Nebraska's defense, Rutgers got invited at five and seven. Five and eight. Yeah, five and seven. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> five and seven. Then they went five and eight. Uh, Kansas has been to a bowl game since Nebraska. So that was one of the best bowl games all of last bowl season. Yes. And that was an incredible game last year against Arkansas. Earlier, was it? I guess it would have been December against Arkansas. Uh, so you've answered the other questions. Uh, could this be the year that uh, Nebraska wins its first conference championship since 1999? Plays its first conference championship game since 2012. Its second year in the Big Ten. On to so, the so, so far, Gopher. the only one that I think will happen is the Illinois getting to eight wins for yes. consecutive years since for the first time since 1990. Keeping track here. Minnesota. Listen to this. P.J. Fleck, a little feather in the cap here. 
Minnesota's won six consecutive bowl games. They could win a seventh consecutive bowl game for the first time in school history. So that's such a hard one to predict. Yeah, because we don't know who they're going to play in a bowl. Yeah, game. it's almost yeah. impossible. I, yeah. I'd say, I'd say, sure. I mean, they've got it rolling there. You could say that yeah. at some point the very the odds are against them, but yeah. And, sure. and the worse they are, the worse of a team they're going to play. Yeah, you know, they could run into an. It's not like they've played a murderer's row of postseason opponents. You know, they Syracuse, like, Georgia Syracuse. Tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so PJ. You know, oh, they West get Virginia, to? West Virginia. I was going to say two uh, years two ago years it was ago. West Virginia. That's Late three on. of them. What would his other one be? Oh, they beat they beat a, a really good Auburn team. That was their one nice win, 2019. And ironically, they had lost the previous seven consecutive bowl games before that. Um, could this be the year that Minnesota reaches its first Big Ten championship game? No. Wins the Big Ten since 1967. No. All right. Could this be the year that Minnesota loses a non-conference game versus the Power Five? They have posted nine consecutive wins. Really? That's a good stat. Nine consecutive wins against Power Five teams outside of the Big Ten? Yes. Wait, does that include bowl games? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I think it would. it would have to. The last time I made these notes a long time ago. Now I forget. <laughs> okay. They lost to TCU in 2015. They have won all of the games since. But they've got they North play? Carolina on the road week two or three. Yeah, I'd have to say they're, I'd say they're, that streak's going to be broken. Ooh, I would that's going to be think. a good game. I'm looking forward to that game. That's week two? Yes. Okay. Looking forward to that because I think people are writing off Minnesota. They think I'm not writing them off. I just think they're they're – they don't. They do not have the schedule that Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois have, and they did lose a lot. I think the the losses of Ibrahim and and I mean they 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 lost some players, and yeah. you know we'll see. I mean, if, if Fleck has been done a great job just kind of plugging and playing up front, but at some point you think that's gonna gonna catch up to you. Brian, thank you so much for the contribution there. So uh, hit the like button, join the swarm. Is that a thing? The swarm? The swarm. That's the Iowa collective. Oh, okay. That's right. Yep. I, I knew I had heard that somewhere. I thought that was connected to you in some way. I appreciate the, uh, what, what's the upside uh, logo from one of our shirts or sweatshirts. I can't quite tell what that's off of. It looks like a sweatshirt. So appreciate that, Brian. And then uh, check out Corey's cool merch. Yes, do that. At, uh, from the Hawkeye of the Storm. What's the best way to do that? To get some merch? Yeah, you can. It's, so our, our merch store is on Spreadshop. So if you head over to, to my channel, click on any of the descriptions, there's a link to the to the store. And lastly, for the Golden Gophers, could this be the year that Minnesota defeats Wisconsin for a third consecutive season for the first time since 1984, 5, 6, and 7? Where, where does that game be? Is that in Minneapolis or in Madison? It's got to be Madison. I don't know for sure. No, I think that's in. I think that's in. This is. This would be the third straight year. Yes, they've beaten them the last two years. It has to be in in uh, Minneapolis because two years ago, I remember when was when Minnesota beat Wisconsin and that secured the West for Iowa. That game was in Minneapolis. So, um, ooh, boy, that's a tough one. Uh, 
I'll say no, just because I, I, I still have more confidence in personnel at Wisconsin, especially late in the, that's what last game of the season. By that point, I think fickle and, and that staff has things. I don't want to say rolling. I don't know where they'll be at, in late November, but I'll say no. Cause I, I still have a lot of personal questions for Minnesota. On Wisconsin. Is this the year Wisconsin wins its first division title since 2019? That's not really. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, no. Yeah, they've missed three years. No, I don't think so. Their first Big Ten championship since 2012. That was, and that was a bit of an odd Big Ten championship because they finished third in the division, but won the Big Ten championship. Do you remember the circumstances surrounding that situation? That was in 2012? Yes. Who did they play, Nebraska? Yes. They were so third in the in the Legends division? In, I couldn't keep track of that. Without leaders. Yes, whichever. The one with Ohio State, Penn State. I don't remember. What were the circumstances in 12? So Ohio State went undefeated. They were 12-0. and 0, okay. They were on probation for one year. That was Urban Meyer's first season. Okay. So they were ineligible. Penn State finished second. They were eight and uh, four overall. They were six and two in the conference. So Wisconsin at four and four wow. in the conference went to the conference championship game and won, went to the Rose Bowl, <laughs> finished eight and six that year. So they lost the Rose Bowl. Yes. Who'd they play in the Rose Bowl? Uh, Stanford. So Penn State was on probation, correct? From in Ohio State, Sandusky yeah. stuff. I forgot those two teams were on pr- probation at the same time. That's yeah, the the two top seeds in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of strange. In the division, yes. In the division, yeah. yeah. Uh, will this be the first time since twenty? Mm, I don't have a date here, unfortunately. Wisconsin, though, is gunning for a fourth consecutive bowl win. Okay. Um, Would be finishing in the top 10 if they were able to do that for the first time since 2017. Wisconsin is 8-1 in its last nine bowl games. And finally, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And we've, we've heard this one a few times. Could this be the year? Will this be the year that Iowa finishes in the top 50 in total offense for the first time since 2006 in a full season? No. Top 50. That's <laughs> no. It's just a huge jump. It's not that I don't have confidence in this offense to take a jump with personnel, but that is just a massive, colossal jump when you look at the numbers. And of course, the last Big Ten championship was in 2004. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, uh, which is more likely? They finish top 50 in offense or they win a Big Ten championship? That's a tough question. <laughs> that is a tough question. Which is more likely, that Iowa finishes with a top 50 offense or they win the Big Ten title? They win the Big Ten title. I think I agree. I, I think I agree. I, I think Because I think they can win the Big Ten title with a top 70, top 80 offense yeah. if the defense is elite. I think they could go to that. You know, they play. Here's the deal. I know there's going to be some Michigan fans that rip me because we have that love-hate relationship. But 
you do remember last year, the game against Michigan, as bad as Iowa's offense was, and it was horrendous. Weren't they within seven, like late in the fourth quarter? If I remember this correctly, Iowa fans, correct me. Otherwise, they had that forced down play at the goal line. And I believe it was 20 to seven. And they would have gone to 20 to 14 with a chance to make a stop, get the ball back to win the game. (laughs) No, I'm (laughs) okay. Just thank you for the clarification, but that's what I remember. That game got to like 20 to nothing early third quarter. I don't remember who else was playing because that was my that was my game for noon. That was my number one game. Got to 20 to nothing with Iowa's offense, especially I was gone. I was out. I was on to other stuff. And then I flipped back and I saw those couple plays leading to that goal line play. And I'm like, oh, they're going to cut it to 20 to 14. They got a chance. You're right. They were goal lined. I remember. I mean, I just <laughs> <laughs> they had had two nice drives down the field. They had gotten on the field, two nice drives. And yeah, you you score there in one play and, you know, it's 20 to 14, you got shot. But of course they did not. And uh... <laughs> then they gave up a meaningless touchdown, but then they also scored a meaningless touchdown. So what was it, 27 to 14 final? Yeah. No. And then finally for the Hawkeyes here, uh, do you know when the last time that Iowa won an outright Big Ten championship? This has been a while. Yes. Wow. Working on 40 years. Yeah. Um, well, the good news is there aren't no had quite a titles few. anymore. Hmm? They've had quite a few shared since then. Yeah, and they were very close. Obviously, very close in 2009. Um, you know, they were overtime against Ohio State. You know, they win that. Uh, would have been an outright. Am I correct? Or no? 2009 Ohio State where did Ohio State finish conference wise 7 and 1 Yeah so Iowa would have yeah Iowa would have had that outright Oh because they went 6 and 2 Who Oh Iowa Yeah yeah their only losses that year were Northwestern and Ohio State Yeah so they would have won it outright had they won it. and they would go beat Minnesota the next week which they did but they would have done that and they were, yeah. they were one. I don't even know what you're going to call that one. Both uh, of those seasons, oh nine and ten, or am I getting them? Oh eight and nine. Well, no, they weren't really close. They weren't nine really that 10. close. Well, oh eight, they won four games by a total of. Excuse me, oh eight, they lost four games by a total of twelve points. But they finished eight and four, and then beat South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. Two thousand nine was the or 2010 was the year of all the hype and of course that was the year they lost to wisconsin things kind of derailed yeah well maybe i get those mixed i don't get them mixed up but maybe i tack on the extra year of it being for the big 10 championship because both of those wins enabled ohio state to win the big 10 championship one shared with penn state the other outright and i'll say this if there's some of the bigger what ifs and and we we could do this for a show sometime i know we're in fall camp so maybe it's not a good time of the year but like some of the some of the big yeah some of the big what ifs for Iowa, what if uh, Melvin Spears goes higher? You don't even know who Melvin Spears is. I know that what name. If, what if Melvin? He's the he's. If you go back and watch the, uh, who's the kid that scored the touchdown for Michigan State in 2015? L.J. Scott. Oh, if you yeah, watch that yeah. L.J. Scott run, Melvin Spears is a backup linebacker. Comes in, goes low. L.J. Scott's got the ball up like this. 
And he mm. stretches it over the goal line. If Spears goes high, that ball's coming out. I mean, f- frankly, he probably could have just ripped it away from him. Instead, he went low. LJ Scott reaches over to the goal line. Michigan State wins. What if Melvin Spears had went high? What if in 2000, what if Sean Green had had his breakout year in 2009 instead of 2008? Because that was such a better team in 09. I mean, it was a good team in 08. They lost, like I say, they lost four games by a total of 12 points. But imagine with the rushing attack that struggled in 2009. A couple of young guys, Brandon Wager, Adam Robinson, young freshman. But imagine had they had Sean, or if Sean Green had just stuck around for an extra year coming off a Doak Walker Award win title. Um, maybe they beat Ohio State. Maybe they, honestly, you could make the argument, Mark, with a better run game. And I have to go back at that Northwestern game, but you remember when, when uh, Stanzi got rolled up on in the end zone, they were, I think, up. 10 nothing on Northwestern or 7 nothing they were up. Had they had a dominant run game, they probably would have won that game regardless of who was at quarterback. We may have been talking about a, a 12 and 0 season or at least they would have had a shared title. Right? They would have had a shared title with Ohio State. They could have lost the next week and still had a share of the title. Yes. So I mean just a lot of what ifs there in those two years, 19 or it's just yeah. 9 in 2015. That Ohio State team won the Rose Bowl over Oregon. That was a, I mean, here's the deal. Regardless of what people want to say about 2015, right? Week schedule, you know, they played Michigan State real tough, great game, and then Michigan State got trounced by Alabama. But what you just said is a valid point. There have been years where Iowa has been close to being elite. And in 2009, I think that's the best team of the century. I mean, this is the best team of the century. I mean, tell me, give me a better Iowa team during the 21st century. 2004, 2000, I mean, people bring up 2002, 2004, and maybe it's a recency bias, but with the way Iowa played Ohio State without Ricky Stanzi in the, in the shoe that week, yeah. and then they beat a, a BCS, you know, they won an Orange Bowl, beat, beat Georgia Tech. And I have to admit, and again, I'm going to throw 2008 into it because from the Ohio State side, that was a huge game because they needed that to share the Big Ten championship. And Terrell Pryor had to, I get the two games mixed up. Yeah, the the game in Iowa City, he had to pull off like a fourth and 18 to to win the game yeah. to, to extend that. the drive that I didn't give any thought to Ohio state losing those. Like I didn't turn that game on either one of those years thinking Ohio state might lose this game. Like it was a, a bit of a shock to me that they were playing close games in 2009. Yeah. Why were you shocked by that? When Iowa had one loss on the year, you you have to just understand the mentality. It's just, well, Iowa was without Ricky Stanzi and, and I think, most people thought without Stanzi, they didn't stand a chance, especially with how poorly Vandenberg played the, the week before against Northwestern. But had Stanzi played in that game? I mean, Vandenberg played great. Let's just acknowledge that. He played great in that game. He was phenomenal. And there were passes dropped, but he was on the money. That, that's one of the greatest. That game, here we go with hyperbole, that Iowa-Ohio State game is one of the greatest single-game performances by an Iowa quarterback during the Kirk Ferentz era. And I know you go back to 2002, you look at the Brad Banks year, he had some great performances. 
Uh, Nate Stanley had 2017 against Iowa State where he threw five touchdowns. That would have to be in the conversation. Uh, C.J. Beathard, 2015 against Iowa State. Um, played a pretty darn good game in Jack Trice. But, man, that that play, that performance by Vandenberg, given the circumstances, his first career start with a Big Ten title on the line. Go, I mean, man, that, that, that was – we ought to have – here's what we ought to do, Mark. We ought to have a watch party on this channel where we watch that game together right here with everybody, 2009, Iowa, Ohio State. Yeah. Could this be, be the first – could this be the first? Well, we'll do the. Could this be the year? Could this be the year where I don't Iowa think plays? We can though, unfortunately. Say it again. I don't believe that we can. Unfortunately, you can't just with legalities. Yeah. Would this is this the year where Iowa plays Ohio State for a Big Ten title for the first time since two thousand nine? Fair, fair question. Very fair question. That could very well happen. This may be the first year since 2009 where I was playing Ohio State with a conference championship on the line. Real quickly, will that yeah. happen? Will that happen? Uh, I would give both teams, especially Ohio State, a second place standing in their division Okay, right now. You're 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 actually tipping your cap to Wisconsin. So the yeah. the talking heads have gotten to you, Mark. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. Maybe they they and I can't let that happen because you know what comes to mind. About three years ago, Nebraska was the media pick to win the West, and I actually bit on that. And the the entire summer, I was thinking nothing but. Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa, Wisconsin. What's my decision going to be? And they they got to me. <laughs> I admit it. That's awful for me to admit too. There are too many question marks in, in, in at Wisconsin right now. I believe that. I believe that. I'm not saying that they can't win the title. I won't be shocked if they do. But for me to put my eggs in the Wisconsin basket preseason, there's just too many question marks with quarterback, with with the coaching staff, with personnel, with scheme, too many question marks to overcome. You're, you are really bullish on Iowa. I'm not bullish on Iowa. I'm just bringing up Wisconsin. These people Nothing who are bullish. You shouldn't be. Well, there are people who are bringing up Wisconsin as the clear. I just don't understand. Um, is Wisconsin's personnel that much better than Iowa's? Like, I haven't studied Wisconsin's roster up and down. No. But... Uh, they brought in some people from the transport portal. That's not always plug and play. And schematically, we understand the story. You you mentioned, I think, a couple weeks ago, there's the argument that could be made that they're trying to uh, to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I, I just think the... And I see our, our um, Wisconsin fan in the chat, so I appreciate that. They may win the West. I, I just think to bank on them when I think I was the safest pick. Yeah. Oh, I think Michigan's the safer pick than Ohio State in the other division. It's good. But I got think an Ohio schedule. State's more talented. Ohio State's got a tough schedule. Yeah. Now, Wisconsin has a pretty favorable schedule as well. So does Illinois. And Illinois is the dark horse in this division right now. Yeah. I think it's not Minnesota. It's not Purdue. It's not Nebraska. I think it's Illinois. But I would still, based on returning production and just all circumstances considered, I'd, I'd lean toward Iowa. Heavily lean toward Iowa. I've grown a little weary of hearing this comment. 
I know. We we keep we keep revisiting that, don't we? <laughs> it just keeps getting brought up over and over again. All right. Yes. Wisconsin's running backs are always or their wide receivers. Oh, their wide receivers are going to be good. Okay. So who are their wide receivers? I got a kid from let's see, they got a kid we're, from we're delve in on this here. They got a couple transfers at wide receiver, right? Yeah, they had a couple they guys leave. Shoot, they had more transfers than anyone in the Big Ten. They had the portal. Danny Davis is not he's not there, right? He's he's <laughs> done. Been there forever. Uh let's see. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna cheat on this one. Their wide receiver play. Oh, Chamir DK. He's their number one wide receiver. 47 okay. catches, six touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Skyler Bell coming back, 30 catches, five touchdowns. CJ Williams is the one that that I kind of forgot about. Oh, was- yeah, the transfer coming in from USC. Yeah. yeah. Keontes Lewis, 20 catches last year. Yeah, CJ Williams, Bryson Green, he's another transfer coming in. Okay. C.J. Williams caught like five passes last year. Caleb Brown got like five passes last year. One, excuse me. <laughs> One pass. <laughs> so do you think there's, Mark, do you think there's any reason for people to be reading into a, a clip on social media of camp today in Iowa City of Caleb Brown running with Deacon Hill in the threes? No. Pictures are nothing but a way to just kind of draw a little bit of interest well it wasn't a picture it was a clip oh it was a clip yeah okay thought you said it was a picture no it was a clip well regardless they didn't run a play they just kind of set up a formation that's a good good question um let's see if they ran a play let me go back over to no they didn't run a play it just shows them lining up. Let's see. Uh, our guy here, Smiles Per Gallon, is saying, check out Matt Rule's record versus top 25 teams. Well, I got to think at Baylor, he had an 11-3 and year, and he had a 7-6 and year. I don't know that um, that that uh, last Baylor team that got Matt Rule his NFL job was pretty good. They were pretty good. They beat a lot of winning record teams. I'm looking at. By the way, Mark, before before we wind this show down, just want to yep. let everybody know if you didn't realize this, we've got Iowa Media Day Friday, and we've got the open scrimmage Saturday. So this is going to be a busy, busy week. So I haven't put out any content here the last day or so. Did post the the uh, Cooper DeGene uh, podcast for everybody. If you haven't listened to that, definitely do that on YouTube. It'll be on Spotify here uh, soon. But um, yeah, I mean, with busy week, there's lots of we're going to be able to have some more to talk about. Actual substantial stuff next week. And Mark, I've got some some questions here that I look forward to asking Kirk specifically. Um, I know you got an opportunity to talk to Kirk a little bit. Did you ask Kirk a question 
at media day, big Ten media did not. Day. I would like to know what, what is the team's goal? What are their goals? I would like to know. Well, thank you for promoting the podcast with Cooper to Gene, Mark, because if you, you need to go watch that. I, I, you know, I know you don't listen to other people's podcasts. You need to go watch the, the show with Cooper to Jane. Okay. I know you're busy. I asked him that question. I asked him that exact question. I said, what are this team's goals? And I said, I want you to be specific. And he actually, what's interesting about his response, and I should probably publish a short with this because I think people would watch it. His response was interesting. He said, you know, obviously we want a big, win a big 10 West title. We want to get back to Indy won a Big Ten championship, and he, then he, he kind of paused, and he said, you know, I hate even saying this, but, you know, we want to do more than that. We, we want to make the top four. So part of me is thinking, why do you hate saying that? I almost, I, I almost wonder if the reason he hates saying that is because that is so foreign to the culture of Iowa football, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's kind of Kirk Ferentz. I talked to Cooper about this. Kirk Ferentz has always been that one game at a time type of coach, and I think you have to do that to be yeah. successful. Yes. But what I think is powerful potentially about the leadership of this team is that you've got your head coach who's that. He is Kirk Ferentz, right? He is the prototypical one game at a time coach. He's seasoned, he's a veteran, et cetera. Then you have Cooper DeGene, who's kind of like a Kirk Ferentz prodigy, right? He's a small town kid from Iowa. He's a, he even admitted he's a one game at a time type of character. But even he acknowledged Cade's different. You know, Cade comes from Michigan where he has, you know, this experience winning titles, getting to the college football playoff, and he's got a different type of mindset. He's got a different chip on his shoulder that maybe we're not used to in Iowa leaders. Maybe because typically Iowa quarterbacks are inbred with that Iowa way, the Iowa culture that is the structured one game at a time, we're not looking ahead mentality, and that's good. But, Mark, one thing I think that is is very powerful is the ability to complement one another, whether you're talking about a marriage or a partnership in a business or, you know, even in sports. I think the dynamics with the leaders of this football team this year have the ability to complement each other really, really well. Because you're going to have that those steady eddies, as always. But now, maybe for the first time in at least some time, you have a guy in Cade McNamara who's got a different mentality. He's got big things on his mind. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we need to embrace that. And I, I was just refreshed to hear Cooper DeGene bring up the Final Four. And maybe I need to ask more people. I'll be anxious. Maybe that'll be one question I try to ask some other student-athletes. What are team goals? Because I want to see if other people are willing to volunteer that. But he was. Yeah, it's a it's a fence that you have to to stay on, but it can be accomplished to be able to say, we have these huge goals, but we know that the next rep on the bench press or the next sprint or the next that's, that has to be the focus because we're not going to get there. If we're not developing ourselves, watching film, working out, doing everything we need to do to prepare and then execute play by play Utah state. Utah State's not going to get them to the Final Four, but without the Utah State win, they're not getting to the Final Four. Right. You know, it's possible, here's, here's but you my, know what I mean. my only problem with not ever bringing up 
Because I, I don't, maybe he has, and I've just missed it. If if somebody, if he's brought it up, somebody tell me. But it, I don't remember, I don't recall Kirk Ferentz ever bringing up aspirations to win a national title, at least not recently, or get to the college football playoff. I don't recall that. And some would say that's fine. They don't have a problem with that. But it doesn't seem, not that he volunteers it, because he, again, he's got that mentality, but players, coaches, have never really been afraid to say we want to win a Big Ten West title and we want to win a Big Ten championship. So why are we stopping there in our aspirations? Like, you're already projecting forward through the entire regular season. Why not project higher? That's so, so you know, if, if that makes sense. And I'll be anxious to see, to hear what some of these other leaders in this team talk about. And even to call the Big Ten Championship a goal, knowing that you cannot win the Big Ten Championship without winning the division. So that's right. really the first accomplishment. Of course, each wins an accomplishment, but that's the first stop. Um, so a lot of people would say, you know, if the goal is to win a national championship, you shouldn't even talk about that because you've got to do so many things to get there um, that that shouldn't even be. Now, I do apologize. I, I've never heard this criticism on a, anyone on the show, but I, I do realize that maybe I bring up uh, another one or two teams in this conference too often, but just as a com- point of comparison. But Ryan Day talks about winning every game all the time. He talks about, like, we're supposed to win every game. That's the standard. We, we realize if we lose one game, that's a disappointment. Like, he talks about that. That they're supposed to win every game. It would be different if Iowa was winning national titles and they didn't talk about it because then it's just like, well, our actions speak louder than words, but but they don't, you know? Yeah. So at some point, it would at least be nice to hear, hey, we want this. You know, you don't want the feeling that you've accepted that it's just not possible. It's just not reasonable here. Um. I'd like to go back to 2015 and, and and be a fly on the wall of the Iowa locker room prior to that Michigan State game. Yeah. What do you think that pep talk was like for Iowa uh, before the, the Big Ten championship game? I mean, the playoff had to get brought up, right? Had to. You can't not bring it up. Like, we're a game away from the Final Four. We're a, we're a, we're a half away from yeah. the playoff. I just would like to hear it. Well, of course, Kirk and the players were asked that, I'm sure, every week coming down the stretch, 7-0, and 8-0, 9-0. We've got one question here, Corey, for you, coming from Badger and Bournemouth fan. What do you think of Iowa and Wisconsin? What do you think they can do in the new, tougher Big Ten next year? This was a topic Corey and I were going to hit on, but of course time ran out. We've got plenty of time to talk about Big Ten realignment. Going to be tough for everybody, Mark. Um, you know, assuming the college football playoff reevaluates who gets bids, and, I, and it sounds like they're going to do that, right? And rightfully so, with the disintegration of the Pac-12. You know, I think the Big Ten, with a what are we heading to a twelve-team college football playoff, right? My twelve is that, is that yes. right? Their twelve-team college football playoff with the Big Ten and the SEC dominating at the top. Boy, I, I could see a scenario where each of those conferences. Each conference gets four teams in some years. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So if, if, like I said before, 
regardless of Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, I think, and this goes back to aspirations and goals, but I think college football has become so laser focused in on who makes the final four and, 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 you know, in the future, it'll be who makes the final 12, whether that's good or, or bad, it's going to be the same for schools like Iowa and Wisconsin there. It's going to be a lot easier to make the college football playoff than it will be to win the conference. So if I was going to win a conference title outright for the first time since 1985, they better do it this year because they may never do it again. And never, I know is a, is a strong word, but it's going to be really, really hard when you think of the powers that be Mark, Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, USC, Oregon, Washington, Penn state, Michigan State, I mean, just go down the list, and then you have all the player, the teams that are right there neck and neck with Iowa year in and year out, like Minnesota, like Wisconsin. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be fascinating to see how it works out. I'm anxious to see how the schedules change and adjust because, you know, when this news initially broke earlier in the week, Mark, or last week, I had made the comment on my live show, I'm assuming this is going to happen in 25. Well, not the case. This is happening next year. <laughs> So I like yeah. that. I, I like that yeah. because I hate I hate when we get the you know we got the USC UCLA announcement with the wait two years. So I like the fact that it's next year, but I'll be anxious to see how the schedules change. I guess they have to overhaul the schedules, right? Yes. This flex protect plus thing that you really liked. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, maybe not. Well, I think it has to. Well, the and schedule we can- has to change, but that concept can still be implemented. We can talk about that on another day, but I was discussing this with a, a friend last night, and I just wonder, like, if you end up with, they've got 18 teams in the conference now, right? 18 teams in the conference now. You can expand to Notre Dame and add, say you add one Florida school. Maybe that won't happen because of the ACC grant of rights thing, but if they were to be able to add Notre Dame and, best case scenario, Miami, or take any one of the three. Florida State, Clemson, Miami out of the ACC. Now you've got a 20-team conference. Wouldn't it just make sense to play your division? To play a nine-game division and then have the champion of each division go to the play, go to the, to the uh, Big Ten Championship game? And you would never play a team from the other division. You, you're... Listen, you get above 20, you're you're not going to play every team but every 3 years anyways. Iowa would be playing teams out of conference, not even named Iowa State more than they would be playing teams in the Big 10. The only other thing I could think of is is there a way you could create like a now now Bear with me on this, and you're free to steal this idea and post it to your show because I know you you know you never have original content, right, Mark? Yeah, I steal uh, <laughs> all my ideas. Yes. So, what do you think about the idea of like a five or six game conference schedule? Five or six game conference schedule, okay. and then like the top two or three teams from each division. Actually, let's do this a little easier. Make this a simple concept: six game conference schedule. Yeah. Then you have the top two teams from each division playing a double elimination style of Big Ten playoff. Double eliminate. What is this, basketball or baseball? Baseball, baseball, right? Six-team conference season, 
Mark. Six team. Six. What am I saying? Six week. Six, six week. Yeah. <laughs> six week conference schedule. So that means you get, you know, as opposed to expanding to a ten game conference schedule. Now you have again top two teams from each division, seated up against their counterpart from the opposite division, and a double elimination. And then you fill the season as far as, and then everybody else plays each other based on who doesn't make the four-team Big Ten playoff. So suddenly we go from a situation in which schedules have to be made 10 years in advance for people to plan to go to to scheduling games like 10 days in advance. Yeah, that's that's correct. <laughs> uh, I you're, you're still going to have, I, still gonna I have like... Eight games in the schedule, Mark. You're, yeah, you're going to have. I haven't, I haven't thought it through, but I, I'm not hating it. I'm not. Uh, I I would be open to looking into that a little bit more. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, so again, you're going to eventually play nine conference games, correct? That would be correct. But six are predetermined, scheduled. And then the final three, you're playing the like-seeded, placed team in the other division. Correct. And then, of course, the winner of that game, the winners of, of, of those two games would play each other. Okay. And the winner of that game would get a week off. While the loser of that game would play the winner of... The losers bracket game. Okay. If you have nine team divisions and you're only playing six games. No, I said, no, I said 10, I said 10 team divisions. Okay. Got it. 10 team divisions. And you're playing six teams in your division. Correct. Correct. Before this lunacy starts. Okay. You're playing six (laughs) teams in your division. You're going to be in direct competition with teams that you didn't play in your own division before you start playing these teams in the other division. So what if you have a tie? You could have a tie for the division championship between two teams that never played. Correct? The top two from the division make the Big Ten Final Four. Let's say Iowa and Wisconsin are in the Big Ten Western Division of 10. They both finish eight and one, but they didn't play. Okay. Because not everyone's going to play. They both get into the, they both get in. Get into what? The final four. The Big Ten final four, Mark. What if there's three teams that finish seven and two, tied four, and they didn't all play? There, that's why we have tiebreakers. There have always been tiebreakers. There always will be tiebreakers. But those tiebreakers currently in college football involve teams that played each other. There are tiebreakers down the line, correct? I think the chances of that happening are probably they're, slim and none. There, it's not none because I just came up with a very conceivable situation. There are no divisions, Corey, that are played in college football in which all the teams do not play each other. That's the that's the course of action in a division for everyone to play everyone to determine the division champion. Okay. Well, 
we're, we're reformatting what this all looks like. So um, if we want to go to pods and have four or five team pods and have the top team from each pod make a final four, you can do that too. I am not uh, crazy about playing playoffs within a conference just to get to the playoffs. I'm not saying it's can be avoided. I'm just not crazy about yeah, it. How else are you going to sort out a conference championship game when you have 20 teams in the conference? You're not. So that's that's saying, the problem. We're, we're, about it. We are redefining what a conference is, what divisions are, what cha- I think I just think we're redefining all of it. I think we're defining redefining what success is in college football, and that's been we've been in the process of doing that for years since the inception of the college football playoff. Well, really, since the inception of the BCS national championship game, but especially since the playoff and now the playoff expanding and conference realignment. I'm just saying we're redefining all this stuff, anyways. Oh, good lord. Uh, pumpernickel. Okay. I think this was a joke. Thank you. Okay. It was a joke. It was a joke. If, if there's one thing that would ever get me <laughs> riled up and ready to go on the attack, it's when people say, let the college football playoff selection committee determine, go by their rankings to determine who your conference champion. What? You're giving what? up the autonomy and sovereignty of your conference to a stupid committee. <laughs> Well, he's saying he's he's not saying the CFP committee. He's saying BCS. I know, I know he is, but then he's joking. (laughs) Thank you, Pumpernickel. Thank you for including the second one because I almost blew up because I don't know how many people I've. Thank you, Pumpernickel. I caught that you're joking. So I don't know how many arguments I've had with people that have when there's been some kind of convoluted way to try to determine a division or conference champion. Oh, just go by the college football playoff rankings. What? You're you're a conference and you're going to give up the sovereignty of your conference, the ability to decide and have authority over. You're going to turn that over to a selection committee, 13 people in a boardroom to to decide what's going on in your conference. That's idiocy. One more note, Mark. You could just go top four with no divisions. Yeah. Oh, just. Yeah. 20 teams listed out. Yeah. The, the scheduling would be a lot more variable from year to year. And you just go top four from the, from the conference that makes a round Robin style or, or double elimination style, uh, big 10 playoff. Then it becomes just pure embarrassment that such and such team finished in 19th place in the big 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's going to happen anyways. If a team finishes in 10th place in one of the divisions, <laughs> it's basically the same. Yeah. Well, after that big four in the conference, then you've got Iowa, Wisconsin, Oregon, Washington. Boy, it's, it's becoming a thick nine or 10 teams. But if anybody wants my thoughts on conference realignment, I am sort of saddened by it because it means that things are changing and change is always difficult, but I am just happy that Iowa's was in the big 10 Yeah, and they're safe. And I, I'm as much as you're hesitant and nervous for new, for change and for new things, I am excited about it. And I will look forward to games in Eugene. I may even go out to Eugene. I got family near Eugene. I, I think that'd be a, a fun trip. Now it'd be a big trip. It's not like running over to Evanston or Lincoln. Or Minneapolis, but it is, you know, it'd be, it'd be a fun trip. So an outside stadium, fantastic place. 
Um, that's just a phenomenal place to play a football game, I think. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Hawkeyes Live every Tuesday, folks. Make it a habit, 4.30 Central Time. Be here next uh, Tuesday. Tell your friends, tell your family, bring in five or 50, and uh, we'll make it a uh, good time again next Tuesday as we get set for the opener and uh, that date with Utah State looms. In the meantime, Corey Brada from the Hawkeye of the Storm, get on over there, uh, check out the Cooper DeGene uh, interview. I'm going to check it out, so you check it out. I've also left a uh, link to uh, division alignment in the Big Ten. But again, Cooper DeGene, uh, great interview. Pro Football Focus named him one of the top 50 players in college football uh, this week. And uh, not that he needed that uh, uh, accreditation, but uh, great stuff out of Corey and Cooper DeGene on From the Hawkeye of the Storm.